It's great to be here with you today on our podcast, His Heartbeat, a ministry of Crown of Beauty International, where your questions about life's challenges are explored through God's Word so He can renew and restore us in the truth of His love. His Heartbeat for you. Let's get started. Here's our host and good friend, Sue Coral. Welcome back, everybody, to His Heartbeat. It's great to be back here with you again. And as usual, I'm bringing y'all amazing guests and people who are seriously blessing my life. And Molly DeFrank is one of them. Even just reading about all the things that she's done and ways that God has used her. And her whole thing is talking about the digital world, how that impacts our kids and what a digital detox is. So Molly, welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So where do you live, Molly? I I know you're out West. Yes. I'm in Central California. So like right in between, you know, LA, we got LA on the bottom and we got San Francisco, Sacramento up North and we're, I'm smack dab in the middle in Fresno. Okay. I know Fresno. Sure. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm all the way over here in Philadelphia, but we all can bond together, can't we, through digital things. Interesting, right? So tell me about your journey of how you got into this whole helping people with digital detox. Yeah. Well, I am a mom and foster mom. Right now we have six kids. And my oldest was born in 2009. So that was right around the time when like the iPad, the tablets were coming out. The iPad came out in 2011. The iPhone came out in 2007. And we were really early adopters of this new technology, tech entertainment for kids. I remember I had a had like a little case that I would strap to the back of my driver's seat when I was driving and let the kids watch the shows. Okay, we had kids yeah. really close together too. My first two kids are 15 months apart. We had three kids in three years. We just kept on going. And, you know, I used what I had at the time, which was this digital entertainment that was billed as an opportunity to to help my kids learn and get ahead and to give me a minute so that I could, you know, fold some laundry, do the dishes before dinner. And it seemed initially like a really great fix, like a digital pacifier, almost you hand it over and it's like silencing them. It's a mute button. But we would see over time and over the those years, there were some drawbacks. There were behavioral problems when the timer would go off, when it was time to put away the screen and transition them to another activity, they would melt down. We noticed some attentional problems and some sibling fights that were sort of amped up. And I mean, I'm the youngest of the four kids, so I've seen sibling fights. I am fluent <laughs> in sibling fighting, but this was something else. There was like something had a hold on them. And and you know, between my husband and I, we just we didn't know fully that it was related to the devices. We thought, well, gosh, is it sugar? Is it lack of sleep? What is it? This is is this normal? Is this okay? And it wasn't until one day we unplugged all of it. This was three years ago, took all of it away. And we saw total transformation in our kids. It was like, we flipped a switch. We got our kids back. My oldest daughter, her reading level, she was already a really solid reader. She was in third grade at the time. They tested her reading level at the beginning of the year. And she was reading, at, I think a seventh grade level. And five months later, she was reading at a 12th grade level. Wow. So it's like, she just would read books so you know, so many books. And my son, suddenly he had an interest in reading for pleasure. I just thought, oh, some kids don't enjoy reading for pleasure. Some kids do. That's that. 
Well, no, it doesn't have to be. So what I didn't really appreciate before our detox is that parents have so much influence and so much, it's really powerful what we have to give our kids and how we can step in and kind of shape and mold even their desires for what they see as good. So yeah, I started I started sharing a little bit online and I've always blogged and written for, for other parents, but I started kind of sharing about what we did, how transformative it was. And it really resonated with the parents. They're like, oh my gosh, we're in this boat too. And what I noticed was there's a lot of shame on this topic. Sometimes people think, gosh, maybe my kid has some sort of deficit or there's something wrong, but they don't want to share that. But the fact of the matter is that if you're a parent in today's world, you're this is a struggle for you. And they did a survey recently. It said 85% of parents consider this a struggle. Um, they're concerned about the time their kids are spending online and how it's impacting them. So if you're listening to this and if this is a struggle for you, please know you're not alone. And there's no shame in trying a technology that was marketed as one thing and then kind of taking a time out and, and trying something new. There's no shame in this conversation, but there's just help. And I love helping families with this because every person who's come back to me after they've detoxed their own kids has said, this blew us away. We couldn't believe the change in our kids. We couldn't believe how much happier they are. So I love helping families with this. That's awesome. Yeah, of course, the first thing I'm sure comes to my mind when people are listening to you is they're going to think, no, you know, I just tell my kids, no, we're not going to do, you know, any, any gadget this for the next two days or whatever, that they'll scream and cry and it's unfair and, and not, you know, so what do you do with that? Or yeah. does that not happen? I know it does happen. So what do you do with oh, that? Definitely. Yeah, that's a really great question. And and honestly, the fear of that is what keeps most parents, what holds them back from starting a detox in the first place. That's yeah. what did it for me. And when we broke the news to our kids, we had five at the time. We told them over dinner, hey guys, we're going to try something new. This isn't a punishment for anything. We're just going to take a break from all of our devices. No Netflix, no YouTube, no TV, no gaming. And we're going to see how it goes. And we love you all this. Okay. They broke down. There were lots of tears. It was, a. it was, it did not go well. And on the inside, I was terrified of what the next day meant. Just like you said, is this going to be a bunch of kids, you know, tapping me all day? Am I going to have to entertain them all day? And the good news is that what's waiting on the other side is total transformation. Now I didn't appreciate this at the time, but there's actually science to explain why it works and why it works quickly and why this is different. So what parents are imagining is, okay, if I detox my kids, it's going to look like two straight weeks of when the timer dings and I take it away and they're just, it's going to be a fight for two weeks. Well, that's not what happens. The science behind that is, so our brains are wired. They're created to release dopamine when we experience anything pleasurable. It's this neurotransmitter, this feel-good chemical that is released. Now, you know, you go for a walk, you hug a loved one, dopamine is released. Well, brilliant Silicon Valley engineers have taken what we know about dopamine and how the brain creates it. They've baked dopamine release points into their apps and games. So now the amount of dopamine that is getting released in our kids' brains is so enormously high that dopamine receptors are actually numbing out. So now it's like any addictive cycle where it takes more dopamine to experience the same amount of enjoyment you once got from less dopamine. So this is why your kids complain of boredom if there's not a screen involved. If you say, go play outside, come on, go ride your bike, and they're not interested, it's because they don't get as much dopamine. The dopamine they get from that can't compare to the artificial dopamine that's getting cranked into their brain 
by their devices. So when you take it all away for two weeks, what you're doing is you're you're giving your kids a dopamine fast. You're setting those dopamine levels back down to normal real life. And when you do that, now your kids have the opportunity to reawaken interest in non-screen activities because when they know it's off the table for two weeks, they're not going to do that thing that they do most days when you say, okay, no screen time until after dinner. And they go, oh, come on. Like, I just want 10 more minutes. What? You know, if they know that it's gone for two weeks, they they don't have the option to just buy time until they get their next fix. They got to use their brain, use their imagination and think of something to do. And they will do that. And even if it's rough at the beginning, some families say that right away, their kids just take to it and they start inventing their own fun. Some parents do say that it takes a couple of days. I'm sure most parents remember when they were potty training all those years ago. It's <laughs> like the first couple of days are a disaster. It's messy right. and it's crazy and everyone's frustrated, but then something clicks. The kids figure it out and then it's smooth sailing. So it's kind of like that. So some families say it takes a couple of days and then their kids figure it out. So do the moms step in and give ideas or pre-think, you know, what are some options of what they could do? Yes. Yeah. And so I laid this all out in the book because I wanted, I wrote the guide that I wish I had before we started our detox. I kind of just, you know, went through this thing, trial and error, but I wrote down everything that helped us and everything that's been helping other families get through this. So the way I like to help help people remember it is that a a successful detox has four major components and you can remember it like this. You're going to undo the tech trance in your kid. So U stands for unplug cold turkey two weeks. Now that includes, like I mentioned, TV, you know, Netflix, YouTube, all of those games, iPads, all that stuff, even the DVD player in the car. I know the mom has to do that too then, right? The mom and dad. Great question. So if your kids are really young, you don't necessarily have to. We didn't detox alongside our kids, but that said, you know, we weren't gaming or staring at our phones while our little kids were awake and around. My husband and I would would watch our TV shows after the kids were in bed. So we did not detox alongside our kids. However, if your kids are older, if you're talking about, you know, 11, 12, 13, tweens and teens, you really got to pick an aspect of your tech use and detox that alongside your kid. But it's also a a good opportunity to kind of talk with our kids, parse out with them. Gosh, when you, as you get older, the digital world really becomes enmeshed with your life. I, I, if I didn't check my email for two weeks, I'd get fired. You know, I, I grocery shop. I, I talk to your teachers. I book your doctor's appointments. So it's going to look different for me, but but that's a great conversation to have too. So it just depends. Parental participation depends. So yeah, that taking it all the way, that's the U for undo. N is notice your kids like never before. So you're going to take all their the digital babysitter away and you're going to watch your kids and you're going to say, where do they go? Where do they gravitate when they can't numb out on a device? You're going to look at their interests, their talents, their skills, even areas of weakness. Like, gosh, this kid cannot wait their turn when it's time to play. When we're playing a board game, they just can't figure it out or remembering simple rules or whatever it is. You're, you're noticing them you're feeding their interests that are good interests. You're just the wind in their sails. You know, if you've got a kid who's into painting, get a couple of nonfiction painting books from the library, get them a new set of paints, things like that. So, so you're noticing your kids like never before. So you might um, prepare a little bit beforehand, right? I mean, if yeah, you know stuff about your kids, you might say, hey, we're going to get a couple books. We're going to get this art stuff, right? 
Yes, definitely. And I, I do recommend that parents read the first half of the book before they start, just so that they're totally ready to go. Um, the and the first name half of the is about book? The detox. We didn't hear it's the name called, of the book. Oh yeah, it's called Digital Detox, the two-week okay. tech reset kids. So yeah, the first half's about the detox. And the second half, which we'll get to in a second, is just about how to create a long-term plan, what to do after the two weeks. So you're noticing your kids like never before. And then the D in undo stands for develop a list of screen-free ideas. So you're going to sit down with your kids after you tell them about the detox and you're going to brainstorm. What are some things that you want to get done or that sound fun for you when screens are not an option? And they might be grumpy in this conversation and that's okay. You're going to bring a great <laughs> attitude and you're going to, you know, think back on your own on your own childhood. What did I, what did I do when I was a kid? I'd knock on my neighbor's door. I'd, I don't know, dig a, dig a hole in the back of whatever you did when you were a kid. And the purpose of making this list is twofold. Number one, parents are busy and we're, we're juggling so many things at one time. And if you're working from home, if you want to take a phone call and your kid is throwing a fit, and you're in the middle of your detox, you're going to be tempted to pull out the tablet. And I want you to be able to get ahead of that. So you're going to slap that list that you've already made up on your fridge and it's going to be ready. So if your kids are melting down or you're tempted to despair and give in, you're going to say, oh, look, no, we have all of these ideas. Or you can think of one on your own, a new one. Or if you're still bored, you're still having a hard time, then I have you know three baskets of laundry that need folding. So bored to me sounds like <laughs> I would like to fold the basket of laundry. So, you know, and you can, and you, I promise you, they will find something to do. <laughs> well, so, you might even be able to offer, you could earn money folding this, you know, yeah. that's a whole yeah. other conversation sometime about finance and that's, developing that. Yeah, totally. That's, that's great. My, my six-year-old has been really into that. She was just folding baskets yesterday. She loves earning money. It's really cute. But yeah, I love that idea too. Uh, monetizing those extra above and beyond chores. That's a great idea. But the second reason why I encourage parents to sit down and make that list with their kids is because you're helping show your kids that they have everything they need in their minds that God gave them in their imagination, that they can troubleshoot their boredom. They don't have to despair. They don't have to stress out. They can just use their imagination and sort through their ideas and what's in front of them and they can negotiate their own boredom. They know how to do this thing. So you're helping them practice these skills that they need for life. You're yes. showing them that, Hey, a solution to boredom in the real world is not always entertaining yourself. That's not good for us. That's not a good way to love God and love people. Getting them to work together for projects. Sometimes our kids would put together a whole yard sale or, you know, some kind of project event. I know as a kid, we put on a play. We did a outdoor, what do you call it? Like a carnival and with our neighbors. And, and it was a huge project. It took us a long time to work on it. And then we earned money. And then you can do that money like for some kind of, you know, helping some kind of uh, needy charity, that kind of thing. That can be really cool too. I love that. And that also shows our kids how capable they are too. Like they feel so good and so happy when they can see that they they use what they have, their talents, their gifts, their organizational skills, and they can create something. And then they can use the money that they get from that to bless other people. Like yeah. that's how we're, we're wired to find satisfaction yeah. in that. So or get that's involved really in like a food pantry or you know something like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I think a lot of, when, as you say this, I'm thinking, wow, yeah, when we're so caught up in the whole digital world, it's all about me. 
I mean, think about it. It's like I watch TV. I'm on my iPad. I play these games. It's all about me and my pleasure. And it's not really training our kids to be being other centered. And it's not developing leadership skills. But one one thing, question I have with that is, another thing comes to my mind is that like all these things they could get involved in, you know, like a, a baseball team or whatever, but that can require mom having to like drive them here or drive them there. But then again, library time, you can have the library time too, right? Take them to the library. So do you find that some moms kind of freak out about this because they feel like it would require a lot of time or money from them? Yes, I I do hear that as an objection or a fear before before parents detox their kids. The good news is, and to reassure your listener, you know, I actually have found that we get more pockets of me time more pockets of time when the kids are entertaining themselves since our detox than we did before it. And part of the reason for that is that right now for the stat, the status quo for most families is that, you know, the, the kids just, the screen time is on the table during the day they get to use it. But when they're developing that skill of boredom negotiation, now they're, they've grown so much over the course of your detox and beyond. If you want to extend it, I talk about that in the book too you know, they grow in this area and now they're able to play independently for longer, play cooperatively for longer to create. You wouldn't, I mean, I get messages from people all the time. People shoot me photos of their kids on Instagram and they'll say, look at this. My kids created an obstacle course in the backyard. Look at this. My kids made it their own survivor who can last outside in hundred degree heat the longest. <laughs> and all these ideas that these kids are inventing and they're hilarious and yes. they're creative. And it's just, our, they're waiting to be unleashed these things. And, and this is how they're designed, but unfortunately we're numbing our kids out. And so you can, if you're listening, you, I promise you, you don't have to be highly organized or Pinteresty or crafty or any of those things. If you had to be any of those things, I could not have done it. I couldn't have detoxed my kids. Working moms, working work from home parents, single parents, all types of families have done this with tremendous success. So if you're like considering it, but feeling intimidated, you can do it. And that's why I wrote this book. It's to kind of give you all the tools you need to get you through. Yeah. It also helps your kids to bond. It it can create fights, granted, because now they're having to interact. But I know my kids are, are really close, you know, very close, but we didn't have all these gadgets because we lived overseas and none of that was available to them. And they're so, 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 so tight now. And they have amazing memories of just the crazy things that they would do. And we take videos of them so they can look back at it. Yeah. Well, we're missing an O. What's the O? Oh, O is open the books. So you are going to help create a bookworm out of your child. And I'm talking about reading for pleasure, not like book reports, none of that, like that fun. If you've ever done a book club, when you look forward to reading, we're going to help our kids learn to do that. And this is something that I did not believe that could be done with all kids. I assumed before our detox, some kids like to read, some kids don't. That's just the way it is. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. And I my mind changed after our detox and after I promise you, I don't have like two docile bookwormy children. We have six kids. They're all over the map. We've had other older kids, teenagers in and out of our home. All of them have found that like the, I just wish I could go into all of these stories, but our teenagers, especially 
when you connect them with a book, you're not just helping them read or grow in school. You're you're teaching them empathy, putting them in someone else's shoes. You're showing them that they're not alone in the struggles they face. And so, you know, you're helping them learn delayed gratification skills. You are showing them different heroes that they get to admire. And, you know, the world is telling us social media, all these influencers online are saying, are showing us what, what our kids should hold up as what they want to be like. And it's all, you know, is, I would basically just encourage parents to ask the question, is this the hero that I want my child to try to emulate? Give your child heroes, show them autobiographies, show them admirable characters with, with virtues that you want them to aspire to be like. And you can do that through books. And it's not just classics. You know, one of my kids will read whatever book I hand her, she will just devour it. One of my kids, I need to sit down and read a couple pages aloud and see if it sticks. Maybe this one doesn't, we'll try another one. But eventually I promise you, you can hook any child on reading, especially if you've got quality books there. That's great. You mentioned too about spiritual formation. You had, when I was looking at your, your bio, can you tell me a little bit, how does that connect and what do you consider to be spiritual formation? Absolutely. And this is probably my favorite topic in this conversation. So I love talking with other believers about digital detox because it is a a common grace to take a break. There are benefits generally, believers or non-believers. But for the Christian parent, we have a responsibility for the formation and shepherding of our kids and their spiritual life and teaching them who God is. So, you know, looking through the Bible, reading it, studying it, God is so gracious to us in how he tells us to parent our kids in that he doesn't say that you need to do it very specifically. He doesn't, you know, say you have to homeschool or you have to feed your kids organic food or any of that, but where he is clear, we need to hold on to that tightly. And you look back at Deuteronomy six and God says, this is my paraphrase, obviously he tells parents, you know, teach your kids about me, teach them these commands that I've given you and talk about me all the time when you're going up and down the road, when you're lying down, when you're getting up, talk about me all the time. And unfortunately, we're living in a culture where all of those in-between moments are filled with devices. So you're in the car ride, you're going to bed at night, you're walking around, sitting across the dinner table, all of those moments, if it's not a kid staring at a device, it's a parent. And so what this detox does is it helps you take those in-between moments back. And that's where most of our discipleship takes place. When you have that, those pockets of quiet, even just on a walk around the block and talking to our kids about who God is reflecting to them, the loved, what it's like to be fully known and fully loved by their parents who love them no matter what. And and explaining to them, this is, this is a reflection of a good God of a good father in heaven. And he designed this and, and he's so, you know, sharing the blessings, sharing your, even some of your own testimony, the beautiful creation that we have to marvel at. We see in Romans one that that you know we can see by looking around that we know God is real. And so taking taking this time to really reassess what are we doing here as parents and are we are we being strategic in our parenting to to train up our kids in the way they should go. So so I love helping parents with this our culture is moving so quickly and it's all about like you said designing it to be so me oriented but the bible tells us just the opposite take up your cross and follow him. So we are training our kids to do something that's so countercultural, 
and it's going to take work. So a lot of parents say, you know, well, I spend, we do dinners every night together, or we have our Bible time in the morning before school. We got 10 minutes. And I'd say that's fantastic. Good job. However, most kids, 12 year old kids right now are spending eight hours a day on recreational screen time. So even if your kids are spending half that on digital entertainment, if your kids are spending four hours a day or even three or two, you know, how does 10 minutes of discipleship time, how can that (laughs) influence compete with three hours a day? And and the, the fact of the matter is it can't. So we are really doing our kids a huge service when we just roll up our sleeves and kind of reassess and say, what do we want to accomplish here? How do we make sure that technology is working as a tool for us, that our family is primarily focused on loving God and loving people and training up, discipling our kids. So really that's what the digital detox is. And that's what the book is about is how to take a break, how to reassess. You're cleaning out the closet and you're putting back what serves you. So that's why in the introduction or first chapter, I really help parents walk through, gosh, what are your goals? What do you want to to accomplish by the time your kids are 18 and move out? What are your guiding principles in your home? And then we'll work backwards from there. So the the beauty here too, is that, you know, I was talking about the second half of the book is about creating a long-term plan to keep those results, but also most families don't want to unplug forever. We don't, we actually really enjoy digital entertainment. We just wanted to put it in its right place in our home. So I like to help parents do that too. So what does that look for your family now? You've done the detox. Now you have your long-term plan. You know, what kind of digital media things are, is your family involved with and about like how much time and that kind of thing? Great question. So we did, we kind of developed this new posture towards technology. You know, if you're just timer obsessed, that can feel kind of stressful. (laughs) First, we wanted to create this posture, which was we use technology, digital entertainment to create you know, if the kids want to make a paper airplane and they want to watch a tutorial, or if they want to look up a recipe, we've got a computer in the kitchen, they can do that. And we use it to connect with each other. So we watch movies or family-friendly TV shows. Sometimes we'll even do family Mario Kart, or we have an arcade, like an old school Pac-Man thing in, the, in our garage. So, you know, we, are, we don't really stress out too much about technology used to connect with each other or to create. Mm-hmm. When it comes to isolating and consuming we don't do that anymore. So our kids don't go off into their room with a device with Wi-Fi connection. That's essentially it for us. And then what works really well in our home is our older kids. So ages nine to 13, almost they get an hour of video games once a week and it's on the weekend only. So we took that off the table during the school week. And it's, it, that has served our family really well. We found through our detox that especially for our younger kids, they don't do well with interactive digital entertainment. And one of the studies I read actually said that interactive digital entertainment, so gaming, iPad use, it it's, it looks different on the brain than like passive, like television shows. And we've, we saw that play out in our kids with the meltdowns. You know, our kids can watch a movie and, and go to bed, but they can't really, the younger kids can't do gaming and kind of come down from that. So um, and that kind of goes back to the dopamine. Mm-hmm. They're experiencing a dopamine crash. It's just too much for them. So one psychiatrist who I read, she's done incredible work in this area, but she said, you know, look at this like doses for your kids, especially ADHD kids, kids with trauma backgrounds, that interactive digital media, it's, it 
has such a huge impact on the brain that you kind of got to view it as like, what can my child handle? What is their tolerance level? And so for our kids, we found the youngest ones. It's just better to take it all away. One beautiful thing is that God put you in charge of your own kids. So as you're observing them through the course of the detox, you know, your kids better than anyone else. Your long-term plan is going to look different from mine. Probably it depends on also how old your kids are. What I want my kids as they get older to have maybe when they're 17, 18, to have most of the freedoms that they're already going to have in real life under my roof. So that this is going to change a lot as my kids kind of get into high school, but you know, that's, it's beautiful that God put parents in charge of their own kids and they get to make their own plan. But the, the, the book does help parents kind of like, I compare it to a line at Chipotle. When you, you pick what you want, I give parents ideas for different <laughs> rules and ideas for long-term plans. You take what you want, leave what doesn't serve your family, but you, you can do this parents. If you're trying to get back in the driver's seat, you can absolutely do this. Yeah, that's awesome. I can see where it would be a lot different to think this through for young kids versus teens. And also how teens, I mean, it's all already built into the school system. You know, they have, I know with my kids, they have like a Facebook page that they would do homework, group homework together, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. Maybe they just Zoom now. I don't know. But, you know, we we do have to realize that it's a big part for kids. I know for our kids too, they had to often make movies. They had to, a lot of their schoolwork was on the computer. But I I think what I hear that can help, like a guiding principle you were talking about to create or to connect with others. So I, I love that thought that, yeah, to have them think through, is this something you're doing where you're creating something or is this something you're doing to connect with others or is this just something you're doing to melt your brain? <laughs> kind of. So in that sense, it's almost like drinking alcohol to calm yourself, right? So we can go to digital stuff to, to calm ourselves or we can plop down and stare at a movie to calm ourselves. But bringing that more into uh, connecting with others. But how about for the very introverted person? You know, you're going to have some kids, I'm more extroverted, so everything's about others. But how about for that child that really is a pretty pure introvert and obviously needs more downtime than others? Would they be more tempted or have a harder time with this? You know, there's a teacher I talked to, I interviewed for the book, and he's a high school teacher. He actually wrote a book called Screen School that's about technology in schools. And I think the subhead is how too much technology is making our kids dumber. <laughs> he said that during COVID, for example, one of his kids, one of his students was so introverted that they would not turn on their camera on Zoom school, yeah. like during yeah. class. And even when it was time to meet one-on-one teacher, like there was no interaction. And so he had pointed out that, gosh, these kids need, the introverted ones especially, need more practice on their interpersonal skills, not less. So, you know, they these are skills, especially in the wake of COVID, that our kids have been deprived of. I mean, they had two years where they were... They were deprived of the social interaction of that eye contact, back and forth conversation. We just plopped them in front of a computer and, you know, we all went through this thing and it was, it wreaked havoc on the mental health. You could see that they were studying this before COVID 
And we were already in the in the midst of the worst youth mental health crisis we've ever mm-hmm. seen. And interestingly, that actually correlated with the top, with the year that the majority of kids were owning a, a smartphone. But we were already kids were already struggling with that. And then we pulled them all away from each other and put them all online. And now, you know, the screen time doubled over the course of the pandemic for 12 year olds. I mentioned it's up to eight hours a day and it didn't even go back out. It didn't reduce once people were back to learning in the classroom. So our kids need more than ever face-to-face connection with other people. So, you know, some parents will say, well, my kids like to game. That's how they socialize. No, that's not socialization. You know, maybe there's a, maybe you will find there's a place for an, for some type or some amount of gaming, but do not, you know, we can't fool ourselves into thinking that playing video games for hours every single day is true socialization. You know, we were drinking the Kool-Aid at that point. Like that is not, those are not skills that, that our kids need to practice to serve them well into adulthood. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is really amazing. And I would encourage us all, myself included, even though my kids are adults, but just to really understand what's going on about digital detox. And I'm I'm guessing, Molly, that that also makes us think about our own lives and that as adults, we need to digitally detox. So that's not just kids, right? This is something- Oh, absolutely. Your book would help in that. And even hopefully this conversation, hope that you all listening would share this with some friends and- you know, just a Bible study group you have or whatever to realize that, hey, let's evaluate ourselves. You know, the whole Instagram world and Facebook world and TikTok world and all these things that we can just get caught up in spending hours and hours and ignoring our own family, ignoring our husband, ignoring our friends, parents, whatever. So I can see where it's helpful for us too. Absolutely. The last chapter in the book, Digital Detox, is actually about just about that very thing, technology for mom and dad. So yeah, yeah it's a great conversation, something that really serves our family well when we kind of take a closer look at it. Yeah. I'm going to ask one last thing. It's on my mind because I know I have you for two more minutes here. Uh, I just want to ask you right now, it just seems that so many people have even quit jobs and they're trying to make it by earning, monetizing a whole new job through uh, TikTok or through, you know, doing videos and doing reels and getting people to pay money for that. So I can see the argument with kids. It's like, no, I want to be, I want to make my money by doing YouTube. So I need to be on there and I need to be watching what other people do. How do you respond to that? What do you think? You know, yeah, that's a great question. And and I do get into that in the book a little bit. TikTok, for example, I was really resistant to trying it. And, and finally I did. And when I looked at it, I was, I had an hour had gone by. It was after the kids had gone to bed. And my husband and I were just hanging out. I was tears streaming down my face. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, gosh, the internet people are so funny out yeah. there and people are so gifted. And it, it's <laughs> there is something kind of interesting and and really neat to be around and alive in a time when you can be connected with people from whatever your niche is. Um, so there is there are a lot of really redeemable and lovely things on social media. I truly believe that. I think it's just a matter of 
setting up boundaries and parameters and sorting through because we know it's not in, there's nothing inherently wrong with technology as a whole and social media. It's just how do we use it? You know, are we using it as a tool or are we the tool? You know, so I happen to really enjoy reels. I, but I know for myself, if I start watching reels or TikTok during the day, it's a, a black hole for me. So I don't, one of my parameters is I don't do that during the day. You know, if the kids are in bed and my husband, we're watching a show or hanging out, we're done for the night. Like I will check it out. So just creating parameters for yourself. I think people who create content, I, I love that. I love enjoying the content too. So I would just say, put it in its right place, make parameters that work for your family. Ask your kids, what do you think is a reasonable amount of time knowing that there's you know, 12 or 16 waking hours in the day? How much of it do you want to spend creating this? Maybe maybe 30 minutes a day. I'll watch these with you, you know, doing it with your kid, listening to them. So there are huge opportunities for connecting with our kids and it doesn't have to all be no, no, no. You know, we're in this new world with them. So yeah, I would just encourage parents, you know, you're not in this alone and you can find me at my website, mollydefrank.com. And I would love to connect with you. That's awesome. And that's D-E-F-R-A-N-K, DeFrank, mollydefrank.com. That's it. And get your book. It's awesome. And what I'm hearing in, in conclusion is that the detox is like anything when we get into an addictive behavior or whatever, we need to detox. We need to literally stop for a period of time. And you're suggesting usually what, two weeks or two weeks. Two yep. weeks. Yeah. And then, you know, in your book, you talk about how to come down, so to speak from that and, and work back into a plan. And so we're not talking about not being involved at all with the digital world. We're talking about balance. We're talking about boundaries. We're talking about wise stewardship and it can then become a blessing. Like you said, I love how you ended this and it, we're not saying it's bad, it's bad. And we're, we're talking about having, as the Bible talks about, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so we really need to ask the Lord to help us to control that. Well, thank you so much, Molly. Gosh, this was so amazing and eye-opening. And uh, listeners, please, we'd love to hear your reviews on this. And also that you would share it with others and get out there and get that book and check out Molly's website. I assume your website has other suggestions and tools and things that can help us with this, right? Yes. And lots of lots of freebies too. Awesome. So if when you buy the book, you'll get access to all that stuff. So come find Excellent. me, mollydefrank.com. I'd love to, right. love to connect with you. Thank you so much, y'all. Have a great week and uh, think about how you're using your digital media things. Okay, blessings. Thanks, Sue. Thank you for being a part of our community and tuning in. We would love to hear from you. Submit your own questions or comment on today's episode on the Crown of Beauty International Facebook group or email us at crownofbeautyinternational at gmail.com. Push that subscribe button and leave us a review. Come back next Thursday as we go deeper into his heartbeat.